Welcome to this podcast that is all about funding. From grants to crowdfunding, I will be answering questions and providing tips and advice on how to best move forward in securing grants and funding for your nonprofit, research, or business. My name is Holly Rustic, and I'm creator of WeGo Consulting and Amazon best-selling author for wish-granted tips, tools, and templates to write a winning grant. Want to get more grant writing and funding resources, books, and online courses? Visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com or wegogrants.com. Check out our free templates. Or if you have any grant writing or funding questions, you can always send me an email at hollywego at gmail.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-W-E-G-O at gmail.com. I'm excited to hear from you and to try my best to answer any questions so that you can increase your funding and impact your community and the world at large. So let's get started because money can be groovy. Hi, Changemakers. All right, welcome to episode 040. We are at 40. All right, so I feel like this is a big milestone. (laughs) So we've had 40 episodes out so far, and I'm really excited about today's episode. And just, yeah, so anyways, let's just get right into it. All right, so have you ever felt like you just have way too much on your plate to get any grant writing done? Is that pile of delegation stacking up throughout the day like a perfectly timed factory. Do you find yourself saying yes to additional work thinking you can get it done but then realize there is never enough time? If you answered yes to any of these questions you are definitely not alone. This one thing may be what burns you out the most when working at a nonprofit. For today's episode we are going in deep to answer a question that I actually got in an email from an awesome woman We're going to call her Cheryl for the sake of protecting her identity. (laughs) But anyways, Cheryl works at a nonprofit and she does not know how to get out of the vicious cycle of the other tasks that she finds herself doing, which means that she can't do the grant writing and the funding development that she was actually hired to do. All right, so let's go ahead and look at Cheryl's question. So here's her question. I am often delegated away from my roles and responsibilities of a grant writer to cover other tasks and positions, especially especially when my colleagues are out sick or on vacation. It is extremely hard for me to schedule committed and uninterrupted writing time. All right, that's from Cheryl. That is actually really, really common. And you might be able to relate with this, especially, or relate to this, especially if you have an A-type personality, or you might, you know, even be more passive. I mean, all kinds of, you know, when you're in a nonprofit, you love what you're doing for most of the time, and you're passionate about the mission of the nonprofit, and you do see what must get done. But the problem is, is that you're, then you're never able to focus on the growth of the nonprofit. It's easier to be like, okay, this needs to get done now. I can do this thing that's tangible in front of me. I can answer the phone. I can send an email from somebody. I can teach a class. I can do, you know, whatever it needs to get done. But the thing is, is you're hired to do growth and growth can look really abstract because it's not happening yet necessarily. You're writing those grants, the grants that are not awarded, those programs are not already happening, right? So it can look a little abstract. It can look like you're, oh, all you're doing is, you know, working on typing around on your computer or 
are you going on social media and you're like, well, yeah, I'm looking for different foundations or their, you know, their profiles and that sort of thing. So it can look like you're not really doing anything, but you are. All right. So here are some tips um, for those of you who may feel like Cheryl. And please do send me an email at hollywego at gmail.com if you would like to share some additional ideas or tips that are not mentioned in this um, podcast and that could help out Cheryl's or help out all the Cheryl's out there. You can also make a comment on the Facebook page, Fund My Nonprofit. That's a Facebook group that I am one of the um, kind of the moderators for, and we have a lot of really cool stuff. But you could just put in keyword re-episode 40 if you like, and then go ahead and make some comments about what you think are some other solutions out there for people like Cheryl. All right, guys, to share a little context that backs up some of these recommendations, I, too, was a Cheryl. I was working at a nonprofit and was hired unofficially to be the grant writer. But officially, as those were the only grant funds allowed, I was hired as a case manager. But I was expected to do both. And I often found my time slipping through my hands. I'm not sure that I have the holy grail of answers here, but I can share what really helped me out. So what I realized is that I needed job clarity of my scope of work or my job description. And to communicate my genius work right, and the ultimate return of ROI, return of investment with the executive director. Um, and you'll hear that, you know, that phrase, your genius work. Are you doing your genius work? Um, but it's really what, what, you know, kind of work that you really do well at and you know that that's where you really thrive. Now genius work isn't necessarily the things that you want to learn about and you don't know about. It's more about those things that come more naturally to you or you had more skill and training with and that you can really kind of get your passion into it, right? So I scheduled a private conversation with the executive director and was very clear on the following. One, the return of investment on me writing grants compared to case management and other roles which had morphed in the process, no longer just case manager, right? That was much higher for me to do. The return of investment on writing grants was much higher. Not that case management was not important, but it was easier to find someone else that had those skills and delegate the case management role, but delegate that role than it was to find another grant writer. So it was easier for them to say, okay, let's, you know, we're going to put a job description out or if we need somebody else filling those responsibilities, even answering phones or, you know, whatnot, they could find somebody much easier to do that than it was to find someone who knew how to do grant writing. Number two, grants were what? was paying the bills, even his, right? Although I didn't say this, right? Because I was paying their salaries. And that more attention was required to focus on grant writing. So these bills could continue to be paid. And number three, grant writing was where I was the strongest, i.e. my zone of genius. That's what I was passionate about. I can really put a lot into, you know, doing the grant writing If you're just having me answering phones throughout the day, I'm clocking out at five. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you really want to articulate, this is what I'm really passionate about and I can really give myself into this position. Okay, but I didn't just swing up in his doors and start talking about all these things. I wanted to work in my zone of genius and this is what's paying your bills. No, 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 okay? That's not all. I didn't just go on in and say all those things and then have an awkward silence with him looking at me, nodding, but then giving a shrug and saying, yeah, but how? I had stated the why, but I had to know the how or at least the possibilities of the how. 
What does that mean? Well, my possibility of the how, you know, how am I actually going to do this, was part of the overall strategy. And this strategy was pointing out the hows and then giving space to brainstorm with the executive director to come up with other possibilities or solutions. Believe me, just sharing some possibilities or sharing some potential hows will start this brainstorming session. And you may leave, most often will, with a very different solution than what you first thought up. And this, that's absolutely fine because you need buy-in from the executive director, right? And if it comes out that it's more, you know, it's also part of their idea, you get that buy-in. And it's part of the decision-making process. You know, you will get more support when you have the, you know, we have to look at hierarchies, right? And if you have somebody who's like, okay, I run this nonprofit and I believe in what you're saying, let's figure out the hows, they have some input into it, they're going to implement that out a lot more. Now, if you just came in and said, no, I, you know, the ROI is bigger, you know, that's my zone of genius, they might say, okay, go ahead and do it then. But you're really not going to get a lot of support. So you really need that brainstorming to support to say, well, here's some solutions or here's some ideas. What do you think? How can we really make this work? Here are some of my possible hows. One, what else could fund my salary? I mean, let's suppose that that's the main thing, right? Okay, you know, we hired you to do grant writing unofficially, but, you know, we have to pay you out of some grant. That was case management, so you have to do that as well. But what else could fund my salary so I could just focus on grants? So that's looking at indirect cost rates on grants, right? There's a certain part that you can put towards administration, and that could be your grant writing part or your development um, as well. That's administration cost. There's operational funds, fundraisers, contracts versus just getting grants as contracts so you have a little more buffer. So these are some ideas, you know, to say what else could actually fund. In a perfect world, what would fund my salary? Number two, who could do the case management and the other roles? Okay, so now even if you said, okay, Holly, we're going to fund your, or we'll go back to Cheryl, right? This is Cheryl coming in. She says, hey, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to work in my zone of genius. And, um, you know, the ROI is better at me being a grant writer. And I can get, you know, we could do a fundraiser to help fund my salary for the whole year. But what happens? They're still hired for that case management position, right? There's still those other roles and responsibilities not getting done. So the next question would be, who could do the case management and the other roles? So to say, okay, well, maybe some interns could come in, you know, maybe some volunteers could do this sort of work. Um, maybe so-and-so who has a little bit more time could do those sort of, do those tasks. So that's what you really want to articulate. You'd want to just drop the ball. Number three, how could we develop more operational manuals for the other roles or work to make it where interns and volunteers could pick up some slack. So that's when, you know, you would say, okay, well, what about a volunteer? Well, do you have an operational manual? If you have something outlining everything that you're doing and breaking down these larger tasks that sound like, well, you really need a highly skilled position, person to do that task. But if you start breaking it down and say, well, maybe four people could do that one big job, you know, just breaking it down and farming out the different tasks involved. And if you had a manual that would walk somebody through each thing that they had to do, then you might be able to have interns or volunteers actually do that sort of work. So that's a great way just to be like, okay, why don't we just become more organized about what we're actually doing? And through that, you might say, you know what, we don't need to do all of these things either. Maybe it's not really benefiting your nonprofit the most, right? Okay, so and number four, what were other potential barriers that were affecting my time? 
interruptions, meetings I shouldn't be attending, my own time management, those kind of things. So if you came in with those four possible hows, what else could fund my salary? Who could do the other roles that I'm getting dumped on my lap? How can we develop more efficiency or operational manuals um, for volunteers or interns to pick up you know, those tasks? And number four, what are potential barriers that were actually affecting that my time, that Cheryl's time, right? You know what I mean? So, and I really like number four because it puts some responsibility back on me. We all know we can be a little or a lot more focused. So it is saying, this is so important to me that I'm willing to change too. And I really like that. I really like to say, okay, let's figure out, you know, are you being the most efficient as possible? Because if you're basically saying, hey, I want to do more of grant writing, but you're, you know, every time you sit down to the computer to do grant writing, you just, you do go on social media and you're not actually looking at foundations and that sort of thing. Then they, the ED might say, well, no, I don't really feel like that is your zone of genius actually. So it really puts some responsibility back on yourself as well to say, hey, I'm committed to this. Okay. So what came out of this process was that the executive director and I did realize that other funding could be pieced together, pay for my salary, and that I could do more grant writing work and that the other work could be sourced to others. We also implemented grant writing in progress sign on my door to eliminate distractions. And that was huge. I know it sounds really, really like lame, but it, it really was big because it, instead of people like knock, 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 open the door. Hey, are you busy? Can I have a second? You know, you're like, okay, it's just a second. Sure. You're already in here and I'm, you've already interrupted me from what I'm doing, right? It just eliminated all that. And it really helped me to actually focus, which was awesome. And it really, this whole thing was just, you know, going into the ED, working, sitting down, brainstorming. It was a collaborative process and it really did help a lot. I loved it because it was how do we find a win-win solution approach? And then the executive director helped relay this among all staff as if it was his idea, but that's fine. And it helped others respect the process more. You know what I mean? So it came out to be like, okay, now there's buy-in. So you have that buy-in and then all of a sudden it's, okay, you know, don't bother Holly because we're having a grant deadline and there's a sign on the door. So just, you know, respect that. And people would, I could see them at my window and they'd be like, they you know, walking up to about to open my door. They see the sign, oh, 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 and they walk away and they really did respect that. So it was really, really cool and it was very helpful and I felt more empowered and like I could really do my job. So I believe this is a process that does need to be discussed on an operations approach and within a team or hierarchy. Others may be unintentionally calling Cheryl to do roles because she is there. The thing is that as grant writers, we are at our desk a lot of times and others don't understand the extent of work and the deadlines that we actually face. Others often do not really understand what we do and look at us more as a body in the workspace and they pull us in different directions without really thinking about it. And it's not their fault, right? They just don't understand it. But these unintentional and uninformed decisions could cost your nonprofit thousands or even millions of dollars just from these distractions, right? And not really understanding the work that's involved. I think really being able to discuss this at a top level and then to articulate the extent of your job description and how important it is to you that you focus on grants and funding strategies, that is paramount. Have a strategy and some hows in place. 
before you approach the executive director and ask, make sure you do ask for some uninterrupted time. Don't just show up at the executive director's office and ask to talk right away and get into this whole subject. Like, hey, you got a second? I wanna like break this down with you. You're doing the same thing that is often disrupting to yourself, right? You need to give space. So I would definitely ask for some reserved time in advance and really give the space to actually talk this through. Also realize that if you aren't already efficient with your time, they may say no, right? I mean, why give you more time to be more inefficient? So what you can do is leading up to even approaching the executive director, you could track your work days every minute for a couple of weeks or longer and then approach them with this knowledge, right? So figure out your your whys and figure out your possible hows, right? You don't need to know the exact answer, but you can ask some real big questions like, well, what else could fund my position? And maybe you have some ideas already. Um, maybe there's a, a product or a, a service that your nonprofit does that could, you know, it's not a grant program, so it could fund your position. So if you're, you know, a coffee shop or a thrift store, day, daycare, something that was bringing in other revenues, that could help fund your position. It really should be looked at as an administrative position rather than a direct service position. But if you track your time, and if, you know, the thing is, is if they hired you to be a development coordinator, grant writer, funding strategists or anything similar to that, and that's indirect service, but you're only able to devote 15% of your time to that work, there is a huge problem then. And it won't be them as the problem. It will be you. So stand up for your schedule and what you know is important to the organization, but do it in a win-win way and also a soft approach type of way. Track your time for a few weeks, really make sure that you're being as efficient as possible and then track out, write down your hows and write down your whys and set some time, reserved private time, apart with the executive director and really address these solutions in a way where you're saying, let's do this as a process together and come up with some great ideas. And I really think that can help Cheryl and it can help all of the Cheryls out there that go through this because this is what helped me when I was in Cheryl's position and it really did change a lot within the organization and we were able to start getting uh huge influx of funding for grant programs. So it was really awesome. And I believe this can work. As I said, if you have anything to add to this, please send me an email, hollywego at gmail.com. You can also, you know, review this kind of whole thing and listen to the podcast again, or you can check out the blog on grantwritingandfunding.com. You can go to podcasts and blogs and check on episode 40 and it'll be there as well. So yeah, I just want to thank you guys, um, everyone who subscribes to this podcast. And if you haven't done it before, please do. And we send you these little tips every single week. And if you have any questions that you want answered, please do send me an email and we might actually talk about it on this podcast. Because if you have a question, I'm sure many people have the same question or struggle. So let's go ahead and find some solutions so we can be more intentional with what we do. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. 
As always, please feel free to send me an email if you have any grant writing or funding questions to hollywego at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, then I would love to ask you a favor. Please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening and go get funded.